Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. And our top story today, how does aging affect your eyes? And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Alan Schlossel. Alan, it's so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I always like talking about vision, obviously one of our important, an important sense. And Alan, let's start with um, our aging eyes. And uh, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged uh, male, uh, 51 years old. I've noticed my eyes have changed over time, but from the practitioner's perspective, how do our eyes change as we age? Uh, primarily, uh, the main change that we notice is people have trouble reading up close uh, with their glasses on if they're nearsighted or if they've had excellent vision their whole life. They start to have to pull reading material further out, and they start to need to wear reading glasses when they read small print. Uh, that's the main thing that most commonly we hear, but there's other effects of aging that it can go into. Yeah, let, let's talk about that because, you know, I'm holding up my reading glasses and look, I wear contact lenses. I've worn corrective lenses since I was about three. So I've, I've been, but I wear contacts. Uh, reading glasses are very helpful. But Alan, there are... Um, ailments and things that people can develop over time just as they age. Absolutely. Uh, I would say the most common one that we hear from patients and see is people, I would say mid sixties to mid seventies is the onset of cataracts. Uh, cataracts are a mild clouding of the lens of the eye and it affects glare driving at night. And when it gets to a certain level and the patient's uncomfortable, they can be easily removed. And in some cases, the patients has a benefit over what they had before, because with the implants, the intraocular lenses, we can correct people's vision to 2020 without correction, without glasses. Like some people might wear a very thick correction before, uh, they may not need anything afterwards. That's the most common in people over 60. As far as I would say younger patients in their 40s and 50s, uh, Dry eye is a very common thing amongst contact wearers and even just people that we all sit at screens. Zooms are obviously so much more common now since COVID. And when you're staring at something and not blinking, uh, the onset of dry eyes or specifically we call meibomian gland dysfunction is very common and very prevalent. Alan, just to kind of build off of that, what about allergies? Um, look, our bodies, our environments change over time, our bodies have changed over time. I was talking to someone, she had um, developed allergies later in life that she never had early in life. That possibly, those allergies could lead to some of the things you're talking about, dry eye, irritation, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think another onset of COVID is people have moved around the country. Maybe they're moving out of the cities and into the suburbs where they're exposed to trees and grasses that they didn't get in the cities where they're living, especially in the New York area. So they're exposed to things they never were exposed to, and they developed a lot of allergies around the eyes, skin, and uh, causes them to get redness, rubbing. And But 
Good thing is there's a lot of good medications to help for that, uh, preventative over-the-counter prescription. And even with contact wearers, we switch a lot of our patients from monthly two-week lenses to daily lenses. So there's less concentration of the pollen that gets in the lens. So just replacing them every day seems to help that a lot. Alan, what about uh, with the, the proverbial floaters and flashers? I, I've heard people refer to this. Um, first, what are they and how common is it for people that are aging? Very common. That's another condition that we hear from and see with many patients over 50. Uh, what it is, is there's a jelly that's in the back part of the eye that keeps the eye from getting injury when we're younger. If you poked your eye, you didn't have that jelly or jello, uh, it would cause a detachment of the retina. So that jelly or jello that fills the back of the eye, it's called vitreous. There's little fibrils within the vitreous. And as we age, that jello seems to shrink and become less jello-like and more uh, liquid-like. And it just flows around and pulls away from the back of the eye. When it pulls away, it leaves a little bit of a ring or a little like light floater. And we call that a vitreous detachment. So we have to carefully monitor that because patients will always come in right away look up on Google and think it's a de detached retina, but in fact, yeah. it's actually a detached vitreous. And as long as it doesn't pull on the retina, uh, it just naturally detaches and there's a little kind of a line or a filament that's in their vision. And they just have to learn to ignore it. Over time, gravity brings it below level of their vision and they don't notice it as much. But when it first comes up, they can see it up around their eyesight line and then they tend to notice it when they're reading but as time goes on it tends to go below their line of sight so they don't notice it yeah i was laughing a little bit not at you but you mentioned dr google uh, i feel like there are a lot of people that access dr google right i mean is that something that as an aside not related to aging is that something that uh, you have to educate patients about because well, I think, I think it's a good thing in some ways, because in the case of floaters, it's all over Google that you should go see a doctor and get advice and don't wait. So that is a good thing because they're getting the right care. I think where it gets to be a problem is when patients come in with all sorts of complicated cases of dry eye or prescriptions uh, or contact lenses or medications, and they kind of think they've gotten the knowledge from Google and they're a doctor and they tend to ask you so many questions like, why didn't you use that? Why didn't you prescribe this? And that gets annoying because, you know, you're a doctor, you know, these, I have the experience. Uh, I think Google is good for explanation, but not to treat yourself or question the doctor. Yeah. Uh, last question before we go to a commercial break. And that begs my question, artificial intelligence and, and how has that found its way into your into, into the business of being an eye doctor or being an optometrist or an ophthalmologist. Has, has that technology crept into your world? Not as of yet directly. Uh, I think it will. I've read some articles that AI will help with diagnosis of diabetes uh, in the eye. So there'll be availability of people going to a screening to their general practitioner have a photo of the retina like they do in their eye doctor 
and AI can analyze whether it looks suspicious for diabetic retinopathy, bleeding, blood vessel changes, and that would alert the primary doctor to send them to an ophthalmologist, an optometrist to have a thorough retinal exam. And then if there's a problem, uh, treat it, have it treated with laser treatments or different types of injections done for diabetes. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. All these technologies, everything you were talking about, including now artificial intelligence kind of creeping their way into the medical field. Alan, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how you can prevent and treat some of these eye ailments we were talking about. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Alan, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Sure, my pleasure. And I feel like after talking to you, my vision has gotten clearer. I don't know if that's a placebo effect or maybe you just have some amazing powers. Um, Alan, let's talk about preventing these age-related eye problems. And I have to think, uh, you're a practitioner, the routine visits to the eye care professional are where you're going to catch the things like the cataracts, the glaucoma, the floaters, and other issues at the dry eye. Yes, absolutely. I think it's imperative that people come for routine exams. I think most people do, uh, especially if they have good vision and health coverage. I think where it falls is the patient that has great vision from the pediatrician to when they're 40 and they kind of don't think they need to see anybody and they'll just go to the pharmacy and buy a pair of reading glasses. And maybe that goes on for another 15 years before maybe the reading glasses in the pharmacy aren't strong enough and they'll then finally get to a doctor. And in rare cases, you pick up glaucoma, you pick up diabetes, blood pressure issues that we see in the eye. And those are the ones that are unfortunate because if you wait till that time to treat it, you've lost a lot of ground on addressing the serious nature of these conditions. But, but don't, I mean, insurance, I mean, I, I'm an individual employer, so I buy my own insurance. 
it's it's pretty cost effective. Um, it's not too terribly expensive. I mean, relative to regular healthcare, and, do, and does go ahead. I'm Most sorry. routine uh, health plans include an eye, a routine eye exam, and some employers offer employees to buy a specific vision plan that covers glasses every year in contact. So yeah, it's relatively inexpensive to have that insurance. And 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 for my own edification, <clears throat> I don't know this, but does Medicare or Medicaid, do they cover an eye visit once a year for a senior? They cover routine exams for, but not specifically the part of the exam where we check their glasses, but a lot of the Medigap plans and the uh, HMO benefit plans uh, do cover routine eye exams. So they'll usually align with the, an insurer that covers that. So often Medicare recipients do have that coverage unless they have the plain Medicare and supplement where it doesn't cover eyewear or glasses. Right. Uh, Alan, so when they come into the practice, uh, I want to just talk a little bit about, uh, just familiarize people with some of the, um, not ex- I was going to say experiments, but they're not experiments. Some of the, some of the uh, tests that you will do. And, and I think a lot of people are familiar with the over the eye, read the, the chart, but let's talk about some of the technology. I mean, you can look into the person's eye, deep into the eye, you can see their lens, you can see whether or not it's healthy. So there's a lot of things that you do as a practitioner to to validate and you have all this technology available to you. Oh yeah, I mean, and certainly throughout my career, we've had that technology. I, I think the biggest game changer for my practice probably over the last 20 years is something called OptoMap. It's a, it's a laser camera that takes a wide angle peripheral shot of the entire retina and we can get different views on our screen and we can see all areas of the retina, including the main section, the macula, the optic nerve. And we can do it without putting the dilating drops in so that patients don't have to go back to work blurry or have trouble driving afterwards. And it's been a game changer because you can pick up things. You have a record of things you might be monitoring. Occasional, we'll see a freckle in the retina. We take a picture. We encircle it with a certain device to say the size and we can monitor change over time and that's been a real help for patients that have these things and i think going back to prevention what we do i mean one of the things i should point out with you know glaucoma is people don't have symptoms of glaucoma you know you could have a pressure of 30 which is considered high and have excellent vision until you get to the moderate to severe end stages of glaucoma and you have no feeling, no symptoms. So that's the one thing that can be a silent problem with people's vision. They lose their vision from the periphery, the side vision, and they don't know anything until they've seen a doctor. So that's the one thing that routine care can help. And I think the same thing goes with dry eye is that a lot of younger patients who are in context don't have the traditional symptoms of dry eye. So they'll rub their eyes, they wear contacts all day, and by the time they take them out, their eyes don't really feel that uncomfortable when they go to bed. But we can see signs under the microscope, we can see that the glands along the eyelids and the tear film is not causing good health of the cornea, and they can develop scratches, uh, corneal abrasions, problems with the eyelid margins, and that needs to be treated or preventatively treated in advance before it causes problems. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't understand. I mean, the the, the prevention steps, uh, you're not in your office for hours. You come in, what is it, a 40, 30 to 45 minute appointment, generally speaking, yeah. maybe a little bit more if you have some additional tests. 
but it's really not that invasive. And you, a lot of doctors now have hours on Saturdays. I'm not saying you do, but some doctors have hours on Saturdays. Most of my colleagues do. We do. We have Saturday hours. We have a, a late afternoon, evening hours. No, this. I don't think the the time on the patient is the problem. I think it's just getting out of their lifestyle. Everyone's busy. People have agendas. They have kids when they're younger and they just don't get a chance. But uh, I think most modern offices like ours have, you know, reminder systems, text systems to remind people to come in. And especially with the contact wearers, they can't renew their prescription until they have an annual exam. Yeah. Uh, the glasses people, that's the hindrance because they could just buy glasses online and they probably have very limited steps to prevent them from, you know, going year after year without an eye exam. Yeah. But well, some states actually require an eye exam to renew their license. I know in New York State, people have to have their license renewed and have an eye exam every three years whenever you renew your license. Yeah, no, really good point. I, you know, again, I think you can make time just like you can for the dentist the doctor and any other medical need that you have. You only get one body, you only get one set of eyes uh, so far as we know. Alan, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to see you, literally, and great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. My pleasure, I bet I can offer some insight. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM of a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.